in a perfect world, the two are one and the same. You should, ideally, be able to manage and lead in the same breath. That's a concept. We're not there yet, but that's what I worked for. KEPX presents a Levine Media Production. This is Dignity Leadership with hosts Brooke Coleman and Rich Levine. Welcome to Dignity Leadership. We are so glad you have joined us today. I'm Rich Levine, Chief Dignity Officer. And I am Brooke Coleman, Chief Inspiration Officer. Brooke, how are you? I'm good. That was a big sigh. I know. I. <laughs> As I said it, I'm like, I am, I'm good, but I'm a little tired. That's good. Cause the last month we did the show, I asked you how you were and you had a different reaction. I did. So you're progressing, you're, you're doing yeah. better. Yeah. Awesome. Good deal. So, Hey, um, so this year so far, we've had some pretty cool shows. We have, uh, we'll talk. The first one was an intro basically about you and I, we talked about us, which mm -hmm. was cool. It was fun. It was fun. That was yeah. a lot of fun. I agree. Um, but then we also talked to, um, in February, we had a meeting expert on, mm, Linda. So good, yes. And then you introduced us to Jaime, and we talked about yeah. middle management. Middle management. Yeah, and then most recently, we just had a doctor, our first doctor mm, mm, mm. in mm -hmm. the house, Dr. Heather. Yes. Heather Burton. She was amazing. Yes. Mm -hmm. And we talked about active listening. Yes. All right, so you can't, mm. use the, you can't use the first show because in the last show, we talked about how we like to talk about ourselves. All right. So you and I did an entire podcast about how we talk about ourselves. Okay. I just snorted, by the way. I hope hey, we recorded that. Yeah. That was that is on that was and our and our producers in the background, Kevin E. So Kevin, did you get oh, hey this? Did you get the snort? That was too good. Oh, absolutely. Not to absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So, I'll, I'll clip that out for you. All right. I'm not going so I'm gonna put you on the spot because you know I love to do this. Mm -hmm. Okay. Can't talk about yourself, so forget right. about the first show. And you okay. can't talk about me because I'm right here. Mm, bummer. Okay. Bummer. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not that good anyway. So out of those three shows I just mentioned, meeting expert, okay. middle management expert, and active listening. Sure. Which one's piqued your interest so far? Not a fit. Don't go favoritism on me, but which one's like mm. really got you thinking? Mm. I mean, gosh, that's not her quote. That's not even fair. Mm. But I could I could ask our producer Kevin E and say, Hey Kevin, no, no. What, what's yours? Let him let him. <laughs> but think. then I feel like you're dissing the other guests. I know, right? I know. <laughs> uh, um, Somebody's gonna be saying, Why wasn't I thought provoking? I know. Like, Excuse me. <laughs> They've all peaked different. We're just areas. talking about those three shows. I know. Yeah. I I think for me and what it was, it was kind of a call to action. It was um, active listening. It's that pausing, and here's why. You had mentioned during the last podcast, you kind of brought it back to your um, your vision, right? Your your life motto, your vision. And in our first podcast, we kind of shared both of our visions and what is that and what does that look like and how do we get there? And mine is a world where people matter. And it has always been that, but it took years to hone that and to really realize that is what makes me tick. That is what works. And as I listen to that part about active listening and the pause, I'm sitting there going, if it's a world where people matter, I need to know what matters to them. And so that's kind of, I've been chewing on that ever since. That's, yeah. that's awesome. But that also goes into my why statement, right? Mm -hmm. Learn, grow, lead, create a world of dignity. Exactly. So to do dignity, you got to listen, you got to hit all those things. Mm -hmm. So I know, I know what you're, you're going to say. Do you? I, do you? I'm anticipating, which okay. I was told we're not supposed to do. <laughs> okay. So you're over there going, Rich, what was yours? So I'll wait. Hey, Rich. <laughs> yes. What was yours? 
I think having Jaime on. Really? Yeah. Tell me about that. It was middle management. It's he glorified middle management. Yes. And he did it with class. He it did. Was, it was awesome. Yeah. He's he first of all, he's an awesome guy, right? And we yes. we were able to just see that as he shared that vision, right? Or his passion for it. But the second part that we both noted, and you did, I remember this, was saying man, but you're so humble about it too. And he was because he was recognizing that it's never one person to do that role of manage, manage well, right? Where you're being pulled in both directions. You got to really empower the people around you and encourage them and build them up. And he hit that on the nail. Yeah. And it was, mm -hmm. it's a topic that really doesn't come up much in leadership. Nope. Mm -hmm. Everybody skips right over it. And who has just in my opinion, who has the most influence in an organization because they oversee the most people, it's usually somebody in middle management. Well, they're the anchors in yeah. a lot of ways. I mean, they're, and that's strange, right? Because I just said they're being pulled in both directions. Right. So yeah, you definitely have um, employees that, that might be working under you or looking at you, but if you're not towing that line, it, that balance is off. So yeah. you're so needed, so yeah. needed yeah. and not noticed often. Yeah. And then uh, when we had Linda Baker on mm -hmm. and we talked to her about strategic leadership and facilitation. Mm. Remember she brought up the analogy about, um, I, cause I asked her the question, what is strategic leadership? And she said, it's chess moves. Yep. And then do you remember when I asked her, I said, uh, I started talking about Wayne Gretzky and she completed the whole thing. Yes, for me. I, was I do like, remember that. I, I was, was very <laughs> impressed. My, so my sports I. people over there. I, I don't have any of that. I was, cause I mean, hockey, not a lot of people follow hockey, especially when you're in the heart of Texas, you know, true, but she's of course we not... got the stars are in Texas. But she she clarified she's not from Texas. Are the stars New in York. Texas or the stars over Texas? Hmm. They're deep in the heart of Texas. Deep in the heart of Texas. Deep there we in go. the heart of Texas. See, you can sing. I can't. So I'm not even going to go there. <laughs> and then she she hit my heart because she said, when you go bowling, bowling is an example of strategic leadership because you have to think about where you're going to throw the mm. ball, where you're going to hit the pin. So one pin will bump or knock over another pin. And I used to own a bowling alley. So yeah. That's right. That's right. I was like, absolutely. Yeah. That was sweet. And then, of course, last show, last month, we had Dr. Heather on. Right. Um, and we talked about our friendship. Not mm -hmm. not her friendship and my friendship, but how our friendship circle is. How, and how that, right, yeah. how it's grown and evolved and changed, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. The circle of life. And we start. Circle of life. So go ahead, take it away. You know the song. And it's, no, we're not okay, going to do that. Okay, right, <laughs> So I'm bringing in one of those peeps today for our show. Oh, I'm excited. Yes. I'm excited. Yes. It's somebody that you and I both met. Okay. Go ahead. You were gonna, I, I interrupted. Well, I was about to say what, what our listeners might not realize is that I am coming into these awesome podcasts blind. So I am learning alongside with everybody else what we're, what we're talking about. And they're usually experts in their field. We're excited to share with them, but I'm learning as I go. So tell me more. Tell you more. Well, I just got totally interrupted because as we start recording the podcast, up come the lawnmowers. Yes, I planned this. They're supposed to come Monday afternoons, not Saturday. <laughs> so they're here while we're, while we're doing this podcast live. If you're on YouTube or if it's, you know, if you're out there in the world and you hear it again. Yeah, there's lawnmowers in the background. It's part of life. <laughs> I was about to say, that is the right circle outside of life. The, right there, right? They are Isn't literally it? outside the window. Leaf blowers. It got it all. But it's all part of the deal. So we can go out and yell at them. But what good is that going to do? Right? Uh, well, they're doing their job. So yeah. you keep on doing yours. Yeah. So we're talking about friendships mm -hmm. um, coming full circle. And what I wanted to go back and cover is, so if you're not, if you're a new listener to our show, we kind of changed up the format this year. Yeah. And we're doing the intro where you and I are talking back and forth. 
And then we go into having the guests come on and then we close it down by going through our why statement. You know, right. what did we learn? How are we going to use it? Who's going to hold us accountable? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, yeah. uh, learn, grow, lead, create a world of dignity. But what I didn't tell them and what you and I had for an aha moment, because different things have come up in your life. You've gotten busier. You're doing, you're pulling on a bunch of different things. You got a lot of assignments. Yeah. You're doing some incredible work with a new startup. Yep. Um, but when you and I were prepping to get ready for podcasts, you would ask some incredible questions. Okay. And then you come on the show and you wouldn't ask the questions <laughs> because you already knew the answers to them. So. Is that, okay. That's actually learning moment right here. I was not exactly sure why we had changed the format. Personality wise, I was like, well, this is great. I can do that. I can ask questions. Yes. Um, but I wasn't sure why. So that's great feedback because yeah. as much of a talker as I see myself as, I have noticed that in groups, sometimes I will sit back and not interject as often. And maybe that's what I was doing. I'm not sure. And yep. something I've learned over the years is you cannot recreate it. You can't be like, ooh, that was a great question. Ask me that again on the show. You know <laughs> no, what I mean? It just doesn't do it, play. Right? It has to yeah. be organic. So, yeah. so, so Kevin and I got mm-hmm. together. We had a little Zoom meeting. Maybe it was a text me. I don't know. We got back and forth and said, hey, I got this idea, and I haven't told Brooke about it, but let me run it by you. What do you think? And Kevin's like, ah, I love it. For that reason right there, and that's exactly what you said. You can't recreate those nice. moments. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yep. So have I have I piqued your interest at all? Like, who's coming on? What's going well, on? Well, I was about to say, who is this person that we both know? So you remember several months ago, you and I, you convinced me to sign up for AYC. Yes. And we signed up our organization. So if, if your listeners out there, that's Austin Young Chamber. And yeah, I know I'm young. We're in it because we're young at heart and they let us go. They Absolutely. Let us and you and I um, met a young gentleman who came up and started talking to us and we just knocked our socks off. Yes. You know I who? know exactly what we're talking about. We're talking about Alex Zerbicki. And yes. Alex is a strategic business advisor for cultivate advisors and he's also a serial entrepreneur hmm. so he's after our hearts right so after training and learning with some of the brightest minds in the world of corporate finance private equities franchising he now spends his time empowering ceos and founders to grow their business in a maximal sustainable way i've even been leaning on him i'm like hey dude i need some help um I've got life experience, but you've got experience that's in a completely different world. Mm -hmm. So he's young, he's brilliant, he's pretty awesome. So after working with hundreds of businesses, it became apparent to him that people are the most important factors in a business, successful or otherwise. Mm -hmm. So he's here today to expand upon a way to qualify and quantify those consequences Hmm. of leadership within any business model, stage, scale, or industry. Qualify and quantify. Wow. Told you he's a smart dude. We smart always guy. bring on the smartest people. That's right. That's right. In the world. So without that, without further ado, let's welcome Alex to the show. Welcome to Dignity Live. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. How are you doing? Uh, I'm great. It's another beautiful Texas summer. It is. It's, mm-hmm. it's nice. Can't complain, although it's always warm. It could be a little chillier or something. A little humid. I All think right. that's the joke he was making. <laughs> Maybe, never mind. Hmm? <laughs> never mind. <laughs> so, Alex, I ask every guest I bring on the show this one question. Okay. We've got to cover it. So, no funny answers, right? We've got to, get, we've got to work on it. Be a little more serious here. Okay. This is a serious show. Okay. For serious listeners. What's your definition of leadership? Yeah. My serious definition of leadership 
is the way in which you influence the people around you. Hmm. Dang. Very Concise. succinct. Concise. Uh -huh. yes. All right, so elaborate. Well, leadership by nature doesn't have a positive or negative connotation, although we only work with people in the positive realm. Interesting. Your influence can be up or down, any sort of food chain, any sort of hierarchy. It can be positive or negative. It can be uh, linear. It can undulate. It can do all sorts of things. So for such a broad term, it needs to be defined broadly. And you have one of the best vocabularies ever. When I sit down and talk to you, you come up with words that I would never think of using. And I love your vocabulary. Undulate. Thanks, man. That's really flattering. I appreciate that. that. Is, you, you bring them out. So for all the listeners out there that do not know what undulate means, what is undulate? Uh, it fluctuates. It mm -hmm. goes up and down in a systematic or not way. All right. It's cool. not linear. It's not linear. Not which, linear. So he, just, he defined it, but it was perfect. Yeah. So help us understand or help our listeners understand what is a strategic business advisor? Mm. So what do you do? That's a great, that's a great, yeah. great answer, yeah, or a great question. Uh, I, I, am, I am a glorified version of a consultant. I work with CEOs and entrepreneurs. I help them quantify first their entire business model that usually has to do with cash flow, financial literacy, FP&A slash CFO functions, these types of things. And then I allow them, I empower them to work outward from that cash flow model to every strategic decision they have to make armed with data, right? So you need to hire a new person. Great. What is the projected ROI on that position? What resources do we have to allocate in order to recruit, interview, hire, train, and effectively lead that person? How does that fold into our model? Can we do that in March? Can we do that in next March? Can we do that never? Can we mm. do that tomorrow? Uh, and that's just an example, right? That branches to sales, marketing, leadership, recruiting, productivity, et cetera, et cetera. Dang. Wow. Wow, I was right. Mind blown. So one of the things I talk about or I've done research on with my leadership stuff is the difference between management and leadership. Mm. And management for me is it's all about the numbers, it's spreadsheets, it's the task-oriented stuff. and what I hear you saying, so I'm going to use my active listening skills I learned in last month's episode. What I hear you saying is that you're taking these numbers and you're basically turning them into, you're speaking to them in a language that they can understand because they all, most CEOs are a dominant type. They're about the numbers. They want to make sure they hit their profits, loss, all that good stuff, keep their expenses in line. And you're using that so they understand where you're coming from but then you're kind of flipping it to leadership so you're you're kind of talking to them in the management spectrum but you're like wait a second we got to get this into leadership is that fair am i close that is fair yeah and i would say that in a perfect world the two are one and the same you should ideally be able to manage and lead in the same breath that's a concept we're not there yet <laughs> but that's what i work toward that's a utopia uh agreed sir <laughs> agreed okay well what, what would that look like that. that would be melding the quote-unquote soft skills of leadership okay. and tying them to the bottom line figures that everybody's concerned about, right? That's saying, you know, for instance, I've heard all of these anecdotes, right? The, the labor force is a tumultuous place right now in, in, in America's <laughs> economy. Uh, I've, heard, I've heard several anecdotes about, you know, 
walk in and ask for a raise and boss says, oh, well, if I could pay everybody $100 an hour, I would. Hmm. Why is he throwing that number out? He's clearly not informed, right? Hmm. That person that person isn't jumping to that number because it's rooted in fact. That is colloquial. Uh, it, it's probably hyperbole. He probably has no idea what he could actually pay everybody. So it's it's taking the deliverable that is the financial data, mm-hmm, right, mm-hmm. inputs and outputs, okay. and then marrying that to how do we create a symbiotic environment for business entity management slash leadership and the employee? How do we meet that with the interests of each individual within the company? So I think uh, I was thinking about this a little bit as you were even saying that, and I had a question, mm-hmm. I needed to stop because I wanted to hear what you were saying, and, and you hit on both. Because in that same breath, right, can it can it be one and the same? And the answer is yes, ideally. Mm-hmm. Is that a person or is that an organization? Is that an entity? Boy, howdy. That's a big question, Brooke. <laughs> uh, and, and I would say that uh, the answer can be any one or two or three of those things, okay. right? I'm sure either or both of y'all can recall times when you were in an organization or a team that was toxic, perhaps cancerous, but there might have been a shining light. There right. might have there might have been yes. one person, a leader or a frontline worker, who you were like, that person, mm. yes, I resonate with your messaging, with your outlook, with your deliverable of uh, communication, what have you. Uh, so it could be an individual, sure. it could be a team, it could be a leader, it could be an entity. The utopia that we're talking about is workplace culture. So I would go even a fourth tier, right? Okay. But in practice, it does exist, albeit rarely, <laughs> it does exist in each of those first three variables okay. that, that you throw threw out there. But the goal would be to systematize it and then show that it prospers, right? Mm-hmm. Th- it is my opinion that the reason that several archaic old school management tactics still exist is because some people somewhere still think they yield profit. They can still work. Somebody well, not, e- not even they can still work. They, they will they yield, yield the best mm-hmm. like numeric results. And I am okay. here to contend that. Like, and I do that with all of my clients, with everybody I talk to. I will shout it from the rooftops and I'm here to talk about it. Today. All right. So it's probably fair to say that most business owners, regardless of size, want higher profits. They want higher sales. That's fair. They want more productivity. Yeah. They want customer loyalty. Mm-hmm. And so you're gonna hit, you're gonna advocate on our side to say, look, stop being jerks. Maybe start taking care of people. Mm-hmm. God, well, I love that, this. Again, I love you, man. <laughs> love you too, buddy. And, and again, the messaging is fragmented, right? Because so many folks who I've talked to and/or worked with or under are thinking like, I can either take care of my people or be this hard driving old school profit driven person. And my message is that you can and should do both. You should chase metrics and you should also effectively and empathetically lead your people. All right, you ready for a crazy stat? Lay it you up. know I love stats. I lo- you love stats. So the global talent shortage is almost double right now what it was 10 years ago. Wow. In research according to catalyst.org that by 2030, talent shortages will significantly impact the financial businesses services in the US to a tune of almost $450 billion. Now here's where it gets even crazier. So they did a list of the top 10 markets where this is going on. 
the next closest one on the list was China <laughs> at 150 billion, almost $300 billion left. That's the shortfall in the US. So my message is, and it sounds like you're advocating with it, and oh, Brooke and I's message is, stop treating people like crap. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Start taking care of them. Mm -hmm. So let's go back to, let's go back to your entrepreneurial um, consulting and what you do. So what does it look like for you when you go into, let's say a small shop, you know, five, Day 10, one. 15, 20, 30, yeah. what, what's your perspective? What do you do? What do you look for? How do you help them? Uh, yeah, so we, we take a very diagnostic approach, right? Anybody, anybody who would consider themselves a coach or an expert or a consultant cannot walk in and just start spewing information, right? You have to, you have to take in information. Mm -hmm. So when I walk in day one, mm -hmm. I really try to, in a granular, detailed sense, understand exactly how the operation works, right? Yeah. We start high level and then we drill down. For instance, a business owner, what are you chasing? What are your goals? Is it a profit margin? Is it an exit strategy? Is it a prestige or reach or headcount or whatever? And we talk about the broad direction and then we reverse engineer back to, okay, what are we operating at right now? How does that tie to your goals? Does it tie to your goals? Mm -hmm. And then we drill down even further to who's on your team? What are they doing? How are you distributing these costs, revenues, profits, conversion rates, productivity metrics, metrics, blah, 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 uh, across whatever team you have. And I work with a few solopreneurs, right? So sometimes they're wearing all the hats, but sometimes we've got some larger teams. I think my largest client has something like 120 employees. Uh, so, you know, mid to smaller market is yeah. where I live for the most part. Uh, that being said, that small to mid market covers the entire spectrum that we've talked about of database hard driving management versus empathetic leadership and everything in between. So you got to have it, right? You got to have the empathetic leadership. You got you you have to have it. Yes. And it's a skill as all of you well know, right? Listening to listening to the last episode, which I very much enjoyed as well. Uh, it, like you can't turn on and turn off instantly active listening. Same way you can't turn on and turn off empathy, which is a personality trait, by the way, or leadership, which is a broader, you know, in, in the Venn diagram, that's outside of empathy, right? And so um, you have to have it, but grace must be given because we're coming out of some archaic and less than ideal paradigms of how to actually push people forward. We're not in the industrial revolution anymore. We're not driving cattle. We're not driving horses. Mm -hmm. Like we're, we're, we're trying to do something a little more human, a little smarter. <laughs> but when you go back and you look at what's going on in the world and you start reading about it, so many people believe that we're still in that industrial revolution time. But like we're past that we're so far, but yet they have these, well, number one, organizational structure, having a hierarchy right. came from the industrial revolution. Mm -hmm. And then the way they treat people, you talk about numbers and how do you squeeze more out? So those, those things I just rattled off a minute ago, higher profits, higher sales, more productivity, customer loyalty, that is what they wanted in the Industrial Revolution. They still want that now. But what we're advocating for is saying, all right, how do we strip out the jerk factor from somebody? And how do we use, you said it, empathy. You got something, Brooke? Yeah, I've been thinking about this. You guys are, this conversation is fantastic. But I think the question comes down to, if if we're coming in by we i actually mean you alex um you're going in consulting listening you know gathering all this information but 
you just mentioned so many of those different components that all have to come together. And empathy, you hit on, just like active listening, is a skill. Skills, and this is a conversation we had last time too, and we've had it multiple times on our podcast. These skills are often not naturally born skills. These are acquired and learned. And so I'm curious, as we're building this, and you're right, we're no longer in the industrial revolution, and we are coming out of something crazy right now that is going to change the history books. The future will look so different right now. I think it's so murky no, there aren't very many people that have a clear vision of what that looks like because it's 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 in a good way, but a hard way has uprooted a lot of stuff, right? So people are navigating um, a little bit of chaos. You get out of that though, and you go back to empathy is something that should have been there, um, needs to be there, and will need to be there in the future. How do you bring that into your the business model that you are helping these guys build? Mm-hmm. Uh, a great question, and I will say that that's there is no one size fits all answer. Here, right. right? No. Based absolutely on, right. Yeah. Like doing this for five employees versus a hundred is mm -hmm. very different. But I'll say this: it is tying that, like it, tying uh, employee autonomy, creativity, satisfaction, fulfillment mm -hmm. into the profit model. And hmm. that's something that a lot of folks don't right. do. And that's something that I, in particular, pride myself on. And I know I have plenty of my, plenty of my teammates at my firm share that sentiment, where okay. if, you, if you look at it all as cold objective numbers, you know, a productivity metric is not an employee fulfillment metric. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, but yes. they have your employees are mm. the better productivity absolutely they have. and it's not it, again it's not transactional mm -hmm. you're not outside the grocery store putting a nickel in the rocking mm -hmm. horse and waiting for it to do its <laughs> job it's we are going to run together toward yeah. this objection what universe i mean what universe do you live in that you can put a nickel in a rocking horse because i mean i'm older than you and my kids are going up we had to put 50 cents in there so i want to i want to find this nickel where is this rocking horse these days <laughs> is it a unicorn is it a unicorn I, it might be i yeah i'm thinking of like i'm from detroit i'm thinking of grocery stores back in the midwest yeah like that's, that's where i'm at yeah oh man uh, no, that's that's good stuff. But so you're talking, we're we're going back and forth with comparing stuff to the Industrial Revolution, mm -hmm. and John D. Rockefeller, bless his heart, guy's got more money than God or had more money than God. He's dead now, but he put out a quote, and it drives me crazy. And I think it's what's got us into this pickle we're in right now and trying to figure it out. And he said, "I don't want a nation of thinkers. I want a nation of workers." And that was during the Industrial Revolution. If you look at what, what are we taught when we go through school? Work hard, right? Work hard, get a job, put your money in the bank. Yeah. Is the bank the best investment? We're not, we're not gonna get an investment ship. But that mentality, you take that mentality, hey, you're supposed to work hard, work mm -hmm. hard. All right, now we're out going, and these, mm -hmm. we're, we're gonna call them youngsters because they're younger than me, but um, millennials make up the biggest part of the workforce right now. Mm -hmm. And I'm gonna pull out some more crazy stats for you. Lay it on me. So uh, McKinsey and company did some research. They're a $10 billion management company. And in 2021, they did a survey mm -hmm. of a boatload of employees, came back that 66% of the people they surveyed, workers they surveyed, said that they were reevaluating their job and their purpose in life as a result of the disruption from COVID. Hmm. But they also reported in that same, same research mm -hmm. that millennials 
were three times more likely to rethink their current situation than any other generation. So what this boils down to is we got a crap ton of people that are looking at their bosses right now and going, I don't like you. I don't like working for you. You don't inspire me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a huge problem, I would say. How do we, how do you, how do you quantify that? Mm-hmm. I did earlier with one number, but so if, if you're sitting in and you're coaching somebody, you're, they want to pull you in and they are going to pull that out, but you know, you're talking to them, what's your biggest problem? They're probably going to come out. They might now say, Hey, well, employees are running out the door. You know what? Call, um, call dignity leadership. Here's the guy and gal's name. You need to get Brooke and rich. And then I actually show them your picture, you know, like, and people, they'll scare them away. Keep, don't people just show my pictures logo. of their kids in their wallet. I've just got, yeah, I've just got you and your logo <laughs> in my wallet. Stunning, really. Um, Stunning. So stop it. So getting to, to your point, you're right. Nobody poses that question. I've never, ever had a business no, owner say, say, how do I, like my, my employees aren't fulfilled. How do I fulfill my, <laughs> nobody asks that question. They want to know how they fulfill their order sheet, right? A hundred percent. But it usually becomes a question of either productivity or retention or both, right? Mm. Anecdotally speaking, you'll hear, or I will hear, ah, oh, just, I can't, I can't seem to keep employees. Hmm. I'm like, really? <laughs> what, why do you think that is? Have you looked in the mirror? Yeah, right. And you'll get a lot of the generational thing, right? These kids don't, they, These they millennials don't, don't know how to work. work. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like, you know, show up, do your job. And while as a sentiment that may have a little bit of validity, my question is normally like, okay, what's your exit interview process? Hmm. What are you asking them when they leave? What are they telling you when they leave? Mm-hmm. Do you care? Are you just letting them leave? <laughs> like, are you getting a two weeks notice and being like, okay, bye, woe is me. I have to go recruit the next person. Talk to them, yeah. sit them down. You, you bring that up, you talk about exit interviews. And I know a, a hot trend going on right now or starting to, we'll see how far it makes it all the way through the rest of the year in, in 2022, is this thing that they're calling, um, quote unquote, stay interviews. So they're asking people, they're setting up interviews with their employees to say, hey, why are you still here? And there was an article that was written and it was posted on LinkedIn. You guys all know I'm pretty active on there. Mm-hmm. And the author posted this article. I challenged the author huh. on LinkedIn. And I said, why did you choose the word interview? Because interview has a connotative, negative connotation. People think it's interview is something they have to do. And it also goes back to what we said earlier about hierarchy. Somebody in an interview has to be in control. If I'm interviewing you, unless you're really good, so you'd probably be able to turn it on me and turn it around and interview me. But with most people, it's the interviewer controls the interviewee. So they're asking for this feedback, but they're controlling the conversation. It's like, come on. So I challenge them and we'll see what happens. We'll see if, we, if we're making any waves and see if anybody will rethink this. But you know, doing a negative interview. So maybe if I could ever help, you've helped me a ton. So when you walk in there, sometimes say, hey, why are you doing an exit interview? Because if we have routine conversations, right. like we do as friends, and we start giving feedback, you and I talked about this on the last episode last month, it's giving the feedback back and forth. And you said, hey, I got some feedback from you. That's because we can do that. Now, just think how powerful that would be if we could do that with our employees. If you would, you can do it. If you would do it with so your I th- employees. I think I call this a different thing. What do you call right, it? Like a stay interview. I would call that, ready, drum roll, a one-on-one. I would call that a one-on-one meeting. <laughs> your manager should be sitting down with your employees who are doing a good job and who have yeah. stayed a long time. And at, it doesn't have to be every one-on-one. It doesn't have to be every week. It doesn't have to be every day. It doesn't even have to be every month. But like, at some point, you should probably say, like, 
you're really great. Why do you keep doing such a great mm -hmm, job? Mm -hmm. That and that's something that I fold into mm -hmm. the leadership bucket, right? Like that should be yeah. done yeah. as a standard meeting yeah. practice. Yeah. So I, I'm working with. I got a client that I'm working with one one on ones, and this client is struggling with her boss, and she got they introduced the idea and it, it happened organically and they started having one on one meetings, and the boss or was referring to his boss emailed the team and there's a handful, there's, I think there's only four on the team, it's a pretty small team. And my client is one of them and said, hey, I want you to go out to my calendar and put a 30 minute one-on-one -on -one meeting, we'll do this once a week or every other week. I, I think it's every other week. So I was asking my client, I said, how's this going? Well, it almost gets canceled every time. Oh no. I said, really? Mm -hmm. So here's an opportunity. They're going through the right thing or they'll get on there, they'll get on the phone and, and her boss will be, what do you want to talk about today? And she's opening up the conversation. But if my client doesn't do anything, they go, okay, well, if we don't have anything to talk about, we'll just, we'll just wait for two weeks. No, you've got somebody there, figure out a way to engage that person to have a conversation. Well, is that not maybe something that's been brought up from the top down? It sounds like if you're coming probably. in and saying, all right, what do you want to talk about today? It means that you probably weren't the one that really instigated this from the <laughs> beginning. And I was just thinking about this, Alex yeah. and Rich. What about middle management in this sense? Because even, okay, so a one-on-one, -on -one, it is. It's so critical and it's so necessary. But when you're putting so much on this one person, this expectation that this middle manager needs to do all of these things, the, the analytics, you know, understanding just the pace and the pulse of everything that's going on, plus take care of your, your staff, plus take care of your employees, plus let's start doing these one-on-ones because they're valuable and people value them, right? How, how do you go about balancing that though? Like, how is that done well? Quantify uh, that for us. Quantify that for us. So. When you want to quantify anything, you ask somebody what's in it for you, right? Mm -hmm. So I would ask, I would ask the boss of your client. I would say, why are you doing this? You checking a box? Is it, is it so you get a good grade? I, get a, with I don't your get boss? a talk. I could tell. I could coach my client to say, go ask your boss. Why are we doing this? That's what I'm saying, right? Yeah. In, right. In, in like that, I, I, there will likely not mm -hmm. be a transparent answer to that question. True. But, but you just you just hit something really important. Mm -hmm. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, it's why. Why? why determines purpose yeah. when you understand what the purpose is behind something then people will start to begin to have an engaging conversation so i have i have a story i have a client and it was a client who has struggled with employee retention and she says i check i systematically check in with my employees right bi-weekly but it, it's similar to that right so she says i systematically check in with my employees i was like great like what do you say how, how do those meetings go do you have a script do you have a worksheet like what, what do we do here She's like, yeah, I just I, I ask him, how's it going? Need anything? We good? Mm -hmm. Move on. And she's like, I don't get it because then six, eight, 12, 15 weeks later, they quit. Mm. I was like, well, why are you having these meetings? She's like, so they don't quit. I was like, what do you want to, what do you need to know mm -hmm. so that an employee won't quit? She's like, well, and I'm not going to give away industry, but it, it, she said this, this, and this question. I was like, make a worksheet, mm -hmm. put that in your one-on-one. -on -one ask these specific questions, right? Like, yeah. are you struggling with anything in this specific element of your job? Have you come across this specific problem? Are you feeling lost in this category of your gradable KPI workplace expectation, whatever? And specificity mm -hmm. can be disingenuous, but it also can be genuine, right? And that's what leads to 
the feedback because whether you're an empath or not, whether you have the skill of empathy or not, there is still value in that feedback. And then that, how do you quantify that? I say, what does it cost you when they leave? I'll tell you, I'll get right down into your spreadsheet. I will let you know to the dollar how much that costs you. And we're going to try to avoid that, <laughs> you know, but that's how much, it, that's, a, that's a value to you. So, so you want to know what's scary about that? Lay it on me. Is I've got more crazy stats. And these actually go back, these are from 2019. So it's a little bit um, pre-pandemic. But so Deloitte did a study and they actually just looked at millennials, but they gave the top three reasons why they want to leave their job. Hmm. And 43% of those that reported said it was dissatisfaction if they're, with their pay and benefits. So bam, right there, okay? So this person that you're coaching or your client might not have control of that, but she could report it back to whoever's holding the purse strings or HR department, right? 35% of them stayed there's not enough advancement opportunities. Mm -hmm. That's probably squarely on, on the bosses, your clients' shoulders. Mm -hmm. What are you doing to help these people grow, learn, and become better leaders? Mm -hmm. What are you doing? Mm -hmm. And then 28% of them said it was due to a lack of learning and development. Now, I know those numbers don't total up to 100% because they could pick multiple answers, but those are the biggest categories. So right there it is. They don't like their pay. They don't like their opportunities, and you're not developing them. Mm -hmm. So right there, let's let's get this going. Let's come up with the business plan right now. How are we going to do this? Just kidding. How, how are we going to solve those three problems? Is that the question you're posing to me? No, how are we going to get dignity leadership into more businesses so we can oh. actually go out and lead, grow, create a world of dignity and actually have these guys have higher profits, higher sales, customer loyalty, and customer retention. Uh, you're going to quantify your operation. Retention. You're going yeah. to quantify your operation because... To, That's what they to want. the people. Conversation who, on day one, by the way. Let's was, just take it back. <laughs> we, we started with something like this, but it has become like dignity leadership has become become something bigger. The the great resignation of you know twenty twenty. Yes. Yeah. In, in the, so like mm -hmm. workplace trends, labor force trends, and personal like people in this room growth has changed the conversation. But how do we get yeah. dignity leadership in? <laughs> it, to, to to answer your question, Let's it's do. you have to educate you have to speak the language of those who don't think they need you right mm. they don't need some dang hippies telling them how to lead right what they are you calling me a hippie yes absolutely uh, and i mean that i mean that as a term of endearment my surprise friend. Uh, Rich. Yeah. i've never been called a hippie before but, but you must speak their language and their language is bottom line so how does this translate to your bottom line i can tell you i will tell you in the last two right. years how much employee like lack of employee retention employee dissatisfaction has cost you in terms of productivity as well as employee turnover again costs of recruiting interviewing hiring training versus okay so you're going to tell me that it takes and i'm going to make up arbitrary numbers none of these matter but it takes a hundred k to replace a middle manager or even higher right but you're not willing to give that same middle manager a 30k raise which is big by the way a 30 a 30 percent raise is huge mm -hmm. but it's it is nothing compared to the cost of going and right. hiring another employee yeah. and so if you can lean in with this person who's already trained and give yeah, yeah. bend over backwards meet them where they're at whatever that solves the biggest statistical problem that you just outlined from deloitte and i think some of these other issues i was working with another client that and i was going through their hr policies with some of their number policies yeah and the question came up was i was giving them a raise and if, so if you take your number of a hundred thousand let's just say that middle management employees making a hundred thousand they got a great salary a great job they're kicking butt they're doing well they're millennials are pretty happy with that one yeah heck yeah well yeah. anybody would most <laughs> people should be mm -hmm. so you say thirty thousand that's a thirty percent increase mm -hmm. so i'm working with this company and they tell me that they got a people first um 
plan. That's, you know, that's their philosophy and that's mm-hmm. what they do and that comes down from HR. Everybody's saying people first, people first, people first. Mm-hmm. I'm working with one of the managers and I said, hey, tell me about, tell me about this Alex guy you got. He, he's always oh, great, he's great, great. I'm trying to get him raised. I said, okay, what do you want to get him? I can't get him any more than 10%. I said, what do you mean? Well, I've got to have the CFO and I've got to have the president and I've got to have the COO all sign off on that. Really? Marched my happy little butt down to HR and I said, hey, can we give somebody a 15%? Well, yeah, but we got to do, I said, time out. Yeah, but you said you have a people first plan, but you got to go through all these hoops to do it. That's not a people first plan. That's a bottom line first plan. You care about the dollars. Now, I get we just can't arbitrarily go and give people stuff, but if you make it difficult, and, and that's what I think these hierarchies do is they make it so freaking convoluted and difficult to do it that people just give up and they start giving BS answers to their people. Well, I can't give you that. Because mm-hmm. it's going to take me an hour and a half just to explain to you why I can't do it. <laughs> and, and I would argue that that is a value statement, right? Like they do not see the value in mm-hmm. retaining this employee. They do not see the value in going through all the processes and the red tape and the bureaucracy and you name it. To, to, to keep or further this employee's career with the company. And that's where the bottom line conversation starts to come in. You have to show them the value in the way that they see it or the way that they will resonate with it. Some people that's employee fulfillment, but most people it's bottom line. So are you, are you experiencing the trend right now, the great resignation? Are you seeing this with your clients? Oh uh, yeah, I mean, we're in the thick of it. Uh, and I, I, I have a good relationship with many people on my team at Cultivate, and most of their clients are going through it as well. Interesting. And uh, it, it comes down to, you know, A, we start with quantification. We start with cash flow model. So it does have to start with that when you want to talk about it in a pragmatic sense or in a, in a conventional business sense. But it works its way out to, what are you, what are you actually paying for here? Are you paying for an increase in productivity? Are you paying to not incur a loss in productivity, right? If you get a six person organization and one leaves and then one has to hire the new person, you've cut your labor force by a third. You think you're going to, you think your bottom line is going to stay the same? Good luck. Yeah, good luck is right. So we've got to retain our talent pool, mm-hmm. right? So, well, you got a question over there, Brooke? Well, Look, you know, anxious. we're going to have to wrap up soon and, and yeah. change gears. However, as we've talked about this and just thinking about what you do, I want to hear a win. I, I want to hear um, just a story from like start to end about like the the change that was done, you know, within a system and why and how and what it looks like today. Yeah. Would that be okay if Absolute. we ended at that? Absolutely. All right. Cool. Of course. We. You know what? You know why we have a plan. Hmm. is so we know where we left off That's so right. next time we have to come back we Absolutely. know what we need to cover Absolutely. so yes go with it okay. great uh yeah so beginning to end uh great so i have this client i'm not going to reveal industry or any name or anything yeah, like that but please don't yeah so this person uh figured out a way to very uniquely create multiple revenue streams in an industry that candidly i knew nothing about before I worked <laughs> okay. with what, what we work in business reagnostic we're business agnostic, agnostic. or industry yeah. agnostic uh, type of realm. So uh, I, I get in, he's got this small team, he's running a shop producing his goods out of you know, a small warehouse space, more revenue than he knows how to handle. Hmm. And I walk in and he's like, man, he's like, I feel like 
I'm, I feel like I'm fielding hostility. I'm fielding mm-hmm. angst from all of my teammates. And he's like, I don't understand why they won't just shut up and work, right? Like we just said. <laughs> and, uh, right. And, um, you know, I was like, great. Can I, can I talk to him? Yeah. Can I, can I go talk to him? And not one, there's a team of, when we started, I want to say eight. So there was the owner, my client, and eight people on the team. Wow. And not a single one of them could tell me their job description. Oh, wow. How are you going to be good at something if you, you don't, don't know, know what, what it do. is that you're doing? Yeah, right. you don't know what you're supposed to do. Wow. Yep. Yeah. And so, and that was the spearhead of all sorts of discontent and, and problems, right? And so I go back to my client, I tell him this, and the, the win was we stepped back, we zoomed out, we climbed up into the crow's nest, and we mm-hmm. said, what is, what, what is a list, a comprehensive list of all of the tasks that need to be done? Mm-hmm. And we, we put them out on a whiteboard, and then we put them in sequential order, right? So operationally speaking, mm-hmm. beginning to end from when they feel or see a lead to finishing yeah. their process and delivering their product. And we broke out, okay, who owns that? And mm-hmm. you know, plenty, right. plenty of them had their inefficiencies, right, to, to, to put it succinctly. Plenty of them had two or three people owning one task and like, oh, well, this person can do this part and this person can do this part. And then there are plenty of them where it's like, ah, I don't, <laughs> yeah, know. Like, I don't really know who owns that part. <laughs> and so all of this is to say, in my opinion, the first step to a win is clarity of task, right? So if I say rich, you've got to make this mm. here widget and this is how you make this widget and you're going to be graded on this widget and you're like well i want to make spreadsheets <laughs> we're like well maybe you shouldn't be in the widget job right but you so you fit that to yeah. the exact production line and then you start to fit in kpis which are still important right your your workplace expectations and you say here we need you to make 100 widgets a week whatever and then you start to ask, do you like making widgets? Is this easy? Do you want to make more widgets? Do you eventually want to teach people to make widgets? Right. So from the job description element, it then parlays itself from completely pragmatic and process oriented to wholly empathetic and mm-hmm. inquisitive and mm-hmm. curious. Right. And again, this is where we marry the two. And you say, I need this job done. Mm-hmm. Do you like this? Can you do this? Do you want to do this forever? Do you want to do this for six months? And so on. And those conversations between, you know, stay in your lane, do your job, but mm-hmm. also, how you doing? You okay? Uh, the, 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 you <laughs> you would, just to care about people? Yeah, you would be amazed uh, what, what those types of conversations can do. And, and what we did was, and he had more money than he knew what to do with, they, they were they needed triple the amount of employees that they mm-hmm. had when I started there. And he was just wow. working them like dogs, right? Like mm-hmm. they were they were just exhausted, pissed off by every measure of the phrase. And um, so we allocated funds for cash flow for new hiring. Mm-hmm. We strategically decided where the first people needed to be hired, uh, opening up bandwidth mm-hmm. of other key people. Then the wheel starts to spin just a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then cash flow yields more hires and more resources and so on and so Mm -hmm. forth. And that comes along with a lot of other homework, right? I'm romanticizing and generalizing, but that comes along with price analysis, payroll analysis, recruiting analysis, right? There's a lot of data that goes into this. But my point is uh, the the utopia winning version, right, that Mm -hmm. we've talked about today 
is clarity of role, clarity of process, checking in personally, and then figuring out in order of priority where we need to help from a cash flow and personal resource, human resources standpoint. Hmm. And now, uh, it runs like a well-oiled machine. And I, candidly, Amazing. early on, I had questions if it ever would. But it turns out that all we needed to do was strategically reinvest. We had to care, and we had to uh, mm. specifically define. Nice. Okay. I'm glad you asked that question. Because it wasn't what I had for the ending, but you know what? It worked out. It was awesome. I love thank that answer. Thank you so much. So we need to start winding this down. So Alex, thank you for coming on today, sharing your wisdom with us. Um, I think I took some notes. I picked up some new words for my vocabulary. I'm going to start a word of the day. Mm -mm -mm. And then when I run out of them, I'm going to Alex for them. So thank you for joining us today. It was a pleasure having you. Well, it was my it's pleasure Alex. to be here. Thank you so Appreciate much. It. This was great. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. All right. So let's wind this bad boy down. Kevin E., are you paying attention over there? You know, you've been, Mr. You've been super quiet on this podcast today. Um, <clears throat> I check in and out, you know. So you're checked okay, out. Yes. <laughs> uh, you're checked out. So you know what we do? We're at the end of the show, right? So... My favorite question, what'd you learn today? Um, well, first of all, what I learned is, uh, quite frankly, I don't want to be a solopreneur anymore, I don't mm. think. <laughs> I really what, think what, I want what, to really increase uh, revenue and productivity I need mm. to expand, basically. So what, do you, what did Alex say that, that triggered that, that loose, yeah. that jarred that loose? Um, I think almost most of it came from his last story. Thank That last story was bingo. That was really good. Yes. And I don't need to have eight people underneath me to get something like that started. You know, I need like two people yep. underneath uh, me. But now that I know that you can reinvest and redefine those specific skills and what needs to be done, and it will run much more uh, smoothly. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Good point. How about you, Rich? What did you learn? I think the biggest piece is mm -hmm. it drives me crazy how everybody we talk to mm – -hmm. When we're you know, we're fielding questions, it's it's all about the mm -hmm. bottom line. But yeah. just learning from Alex how to quantify that, like he said. All right, so talk their language. Yeah, I know what I want, and they know what they want. I want more leads. I want better people. I want people to be treated well. And it goes back to what I learned a long, long time ago. Even Zig Ziglar said it. You got to help enough other people do what they want, and then you'll get what you want in return. So I want to help people grow as leaders, but I got to slow myself down and say, all right, let's quantify this for you. What does it look like? All right, what problems do you have and what does it look like? And I mean, I don't wanna redo my business model or anything, but I can take pieces of that away. Yeah, I wanna teach leadership, that's my goal. Right. It's, it's in the title. But that's, so that's what I learned. I gotta learn how to, to listen better, going back to what we learned last month, and then tie that into quantifying this. What does that look like? Yeah, yeah. And qualifying it. Right. So, yeah, that, that would be my takeaway is the finesse between qualifying and quantifying. And I, that is seared in my brain from day one from talking to you. It was that you, you just, the questions you came up with and um, that you just naturally go to, it, it makes you look at a business model or even think about mm -hmm. whatever you're looking at a little bit differently and realize those two things don't have to be enemies of each other and we've created that environment that it's like nope it's one or the other they oppose each other or it's like this kind of scarcity thought of like well here's my bottom line this is the profits i'm making so there's no way i can bring somebody else in what if we what if we looked at the model differently what if we stepped back what if we actually went to the bottom line and looked at how to quantify each of those key components and did it 
as we talk to our people and as we encourage them and as we train them up. And to your point, that is building leadership. That's leadership right there, right? Yeah. I mean, so it can be done in, in so many ways, but I will say when I think about quantifying it, and I, I can only imagine, I'm not the only one out there. It feels daunting and overwhelming. Mm. And so people shut down. That's where you shut the door. You're like, nope, can't do it. And yet I walk away, no joke, I mean, always inspired by you, Alex. You're talking about these things and I'm like, oh, it can be done, you know? Like it, it absolutely can be. It's a shift in perspective. Yeah. And I'm exactly in that phase right now where I'm like, yeah. what is the next step, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. For, for a large fee, I'm sure Alex is available for sure. <laughs> I don't think I can afford him. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if any of us can. He's good at what he does. That's part of being, when you're good, you can charge a lot of money. I'm not you're even know what he charges. Good. I just buy him some beers and a couple steaks here and there. <laughs> and then I ask him some brilliant questions along the way. And then he goes, home feeling, he goes home feeling feeling good, feeling satisfied. And he, you know, he, he thinks he had a great time. I'm going home with knowledge. I'm going home with a bigger vocabulary. <laughs> Checkbook's a little lighter. But it, but, but it wouldn't be as probably... For me, it's it's kind of cool because um, my wife and I were talking about this, you know, yeah. the, the whole relationship, and I like I said, God, I love spending time with Alex because I always learn something. And I said, and I looked at her mm -hmm. square in the eye, and I was dead serious. I said, you know what? I said, me buying him a steak dinner and a couple of drinks is probably a hell of a lot cheaper than me going, Hey, Alex, I need one hour of your time. What's it going to cost? Yeah, absolutely. He's like, Bust out your credit card. <laughs> uh, but that's the power of friendships, and we talked about that in the last one. I get all kinds of free info when we're doing this job, so. Uh, he's just taking notes <laughs> so over what's, here. It's so awesome. What's, yeah, you are doing, you, you do well. I get a lot of people coming through here with a lot of good stuff to say. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, who's got the best stuff in the company? No, don't answer. Ooh, don't, no, answer no. don't answer. Stop, don't answer. Stop, stop. Don't all right, answer. All right. Don't answer that. We're not going there. <laughs> we're not, we're going to leave that in there, but not go there. All right, so we got we to gotta wind this down. What was your favorite takeaway from today? Anything, Kevin, on with Alex? Um, hmm. My favorite takeaway. First of all, uh, the word that immediately pops in my head is quantifying. Yeah. I mean, you it's guys powerful. applied that to so many different mm -hmm. things, and it's not something that I ever think about, though. Mm -hmm. I don't see. I think I used to come from the quantifying metric where it, where work I was in the corporate environment I had to quantify everything I put it on spreadsheets like got to record it if it's not on spreadsheet doesn't matter yeah you're and much I, more that way yeah. than I am but I got stuff like I've, that I've been pushing myself so hard to get so far away from that to go more towards the people and then we sit down we have a conversation with Alex it's like yes you can get there but you got to quantify it because that's the language they understand and I, don't, I don't think I quantify anything <laughs> I'm not good at it something definitely I need to explore I'm gonna have to practice on that so who's gonna hold you accountable to to who's going to be your accountability partner? Ooh, for this one, yeah. um, it can be the same as on the last month's show too. You know, I mean, I would, I won't charge you too much so money. Let's put it in a silent. I, I overall so want to say, <laughs> I just overall want to say like my clients, but I know that's kind yeah. of a broad answer mm. and kind of obvious, but but, but, but going to meet you and and ask you, hey, how are you doing on this? Like, actually bring that up, not just your clients because they're your clients, but say. Hey, this was something that was really important to you. How are you doing with this? Okay, then I'm gonna use Rich again. Then that's right. two birds because he's also a client. Well, there you go, winner, winner. And your your <laughs> client group. I mean, you're you're good. You have a lot of clients, but that is a isolated select group of people. Yes. So you have quantified. And I want to have one on ones now. That's another thing I want to do. I want to have one on ones and know why my client retention the one that I do have. Why are they staying? You know, or how could you I know improve? What? That is brilliant. That is brilliant. I'm glad we could help you. Yeah, definitely. So the next hour is free. It's sponsored by Dignity Leadership. We're going to be here on KEPX. Oh, just sorry. <laughs> so, Brooke, yeah. what was your favorite part of today with Alex? 
Um, it was it was really good. I have a hard time. I'm always like process oh, like processing later after you know after our conversation. Yeah, I do so, that too. Right. So, um, hmm. Definitely, yeah. The qualifying over quantifying. I mean, without a doubt. But um, something. It, it wasn't a direct uh, thing that was said. Just, just you know. But as we're talking about these pieces, and and to your point, you're like, yeah, I used to come from that world. And Kevin is saying, well, that was not me. Well, that is mm -hmm. not me, right? People person first, <laughs> right? And then numbers. Do I care about um, the forecasting? Do I care about the aggregate level? Absolutely. Do I want to know what the bottom line is? Yes. Do I want to do the math for that? No, you know, so, but you could. So here's what I thought, like, there's a strength in like the, the two parts of that, you know? Um, that's what I kept on thinking of because one person sometimes can drive the entire ship, but you're usually stronger if there's just a few more, right? Like a, a, a what is it? That cord of three is so much stronger than just one. There's a saying there that maybe I'll figure out for next time. There is. My I don't English, remember it either. Uy, I don't know. Say, say, say it to us in Spanish. Say it to us in Spanish. I don't know. I don't oh, know how to gotcha. say it either. Um, gotcha. I will figure it out, but I know that it's something about the strength. Yeah. Um, that was my takeaway. My favorite. Um, what, what what was it what's the second question that we that i should know what on this one uh -huh. what what would you like was a favorite and then how are you going to use this opportunity how am I gonna or use who's going to hold you accountable either one so who's going to hold you accountable okay, or how so are you here's the hard it? thing about holding accountable we're saying this you know you have to ask somebody if they'd be willing to hold you accountable like would you be in a symbiote like would you be willing to have this conversation you know and to, to hold me accountable to this so i have somebody in mind but i'm going to go ask them so i'm not going to say it yet because that's just weird you know, but that's, hmm? that's strategic on my part oh i know i know but because it um, forces you to have a conversation oh okay all right well i i appreciate that and then it opens the door okay so yes so i do know who's going to hold me accountable yeah. um but we have to ask them first exactly okay yeah. yes without cool. a doubt. awesome what about you what do you mean you what have, about me you have 30 seconds for what to say what was your what Wait, did you already say Buffalo it? Plaid was my favorite Buffalo part. By Ralph Lauren? By Ralph Lauren. Mm. He didn't say who his accountable person is. I know, that's what I mean. You didn't oh, answer the question. I, I want to go back to yours and what you just said about having the one-on-ones. Yeah, I can't stop and thinking do, about that now. Instead of you doing it with an employee, do it yes. with yes. clients. It's, there you go. My, okay. You, you yeah, blew my mind. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, so Kevin, he's going to hold me accountable. So what was your favorite? How are you going to use that? And then who so, are we going to keep accountable? Right, Kevin so me? I'm not going to... It's not going to be about Alex this time. Sorry. Mm. It's going to be about Kevin E. And his nice. favorite was the transition, making the leap from employees one-on-one to mm -hmm. client one-on-one. Because cool. we're both in the same space. Yeah. That was my favorite part. And I know it's a different relationship between client I love and that. employee. It's but totally different. Yeah. But it was powerful. But it's equally, I think you can apply it the same way. Yes, you can. This Absolutely. I love this, guys. Yeah. Okay, yeah. good. No, it's pretty awesome. This yeah. was one of our better ones. Yeah, this was yeah. fun. So take us home, Brooke. All right. Hey. Thank you so much for joining us on our leadership journey today. Keep paddling. Keep paddling.